Grace and peace to each of you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's been a real blessing so far already to hear what God has to say to us today. And I feel a little bit like when Jesus was talking to the people, maybe it was his disciples, that he said, I have a lot of things to tell to you, but you can't take it right now. You can't receive it. To some extent, uh, our capacity is diminished at times to just absorb more, but I hope you still have a little bit in your cup. Not that I'm um, the one I think should be here. I wasn't expecting such an overflow crowd here, and I was going to try to make this as routine as possible, but um, routine doesn't seem to be the, the word for today. <laughs> and I see a lot of new faces out there, and I was going to say I, I see a lot of old faces, but that might not be the right thing to say. <laughs> I see a lot of familiar faces as well, but you know, it's been over 20 years since I attended this church or was here, and my memories of Ebenezer go back to the 1990s, during the times of the hymn sings and I assume you still do that. But before I was married, I had a chance to run around and do things that aren't normal. Um, <laughs> but the hymn sings is what I associate Ebenezer with, the, the large crowds, the, the special music, the quartets, and it was just a big event. Maybe it still is. So I trust the Lord's blessing is upon your congregation here today and continues to be so because I see the joy of the Lord in your faces this morning. You know, if we have, if we have God living in, within us, we have the joy of the Lord. Amen. As we were making our way down here, there were, I noticed there were times when there were clouds and fog. We almost had to slow down a few times because of the dense fog. And then there was some sunshine along the way <clears throat> that broke through and just made me think of, of the way life is. It often is cloudy and murky and it dampens our spirit. But then the light comes through and we see that light and it just gives us the strength and the joy of the Lord to go on and to continue. It's like a glimpse of heaven. And I heard somebody say one time that when you die and go to heaven, it should not be the first time you've been there. Now understand that some people say that they've been to heaven and all this. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when God is living us in us, part of us, identifies with heaven, and I think that will be the case when we arrive there. Amen. Well, in coming down here, I ought to think, you know, there's many others here who would be able to share a much better sermon than I am sure of that, that capability, but also we, we have been blessed by those who have served in our area that have come from here and that's been a blessing to me as well <clears throat> and so I, I guess it's appropriate that 
I return some of the favor as best I can this morning. You know, in, in, in the Bible, it talks about a time when uh, the Apostle Paul said to Barnabas, he said, let us go again and visit the churches in all the cities that we have preached in and see how they do. And see how they do. You know, when he said that, I don't, I don't think he, was, he had in mind the houses and the lands and the fields and equipment. Now, they may have talked about some of that, but I think his interest was in their spiritual affairs, their heavenly affairs, their, their progress as a church. And do we carry with us a similar burden when we see other churches and we go? to our sister churches, even our sister denominations, those of like precious faith. Sometimes we use that term like precious faith, and what we really mean is like precious practice. But I think the, uh, the spirit of God and the providence of God is, is reaching out to more than just Mennonites. It's great to have that heritage, and um, I like I like to see I like to see what God is doing amongst His people, wherever that would be. Not for the sake of being um, nosy or gossipy, but simply when we ourselves uh, have found the strength of God in our lives, and we've fought battles, and we've gone through things. And we found refuge in the rock of our salvation. It stirs us to see how that is taking place in other people's lives as well. And it's an encouragement to us. You know, when we have simpler interests, hunting, fishing, whatever it is, and those people, I don't do any of that, but those people, I know they like to get together and they talk about the, the things they've done. And they swap all their hunting stories. What is God doing in our churches in our day and time? And we heard in our devotional about hearing what this, what this, uh, those that have ears to hear, let them hear. And in Revelation it talks about this. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. There's value in hearing the voice of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then seeing, you know, if it lines up with what the Spirit has been saying to us in the day in which we live, in the times that we live, what is God saying? Let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. That's plural, not just one church. So I believe in sharing spiritual insights. We've done that already today because it helps confirm in our, in our own spirits where, where we are. And it brings a, a certain amount of confidence and boldness to our life and to the way we live our lives.
We need clear-eyed, clear-minded people who know where they're going in the day in which we live, I believe. <clears throat> in the book of Judges, chapter 6, there was a man named Gideon. The Bible describes Gideon as a mighty man of valor. And I'll read verses 12 and 13. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told of us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath delivered, has forsaken us, and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Gideon's saying is, where are the miracles? Where are the things we have come to expect from a God that is omnipotent? You know, if you were with us back then, where are you today? And we're suffering at the hands of the Midianites they are prevailing against us. Well, the, the answer to that question is in verse 1, where it says that the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midianite and Midian. So it was the Lord's doings. But uh, Gideon did not have, he, he didn't know that. He didn't have the Bible to read to really know um, by reading. <clears throat> but in the story of Gideon, he receives uh, signs and wonders from God, confirmations that God gives to him that he indeed will bring about their deliverance from the Midianites. Chapter 7, verses 9 through 11, I'll read these, and it says, um, And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto this host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. But if thou fear to go down, go, go thou with Fura, thy servant, down to the host, and thou shalt hear what they say, and afterwards shalt thine hands be strengthened to go down into the host. So what God is saying, he says, I have delivered this host into your hand, but if you're still afraid, do such and such. And so Gideon must have esteemed himself to still be afraid. And he went down to the camp of the, of the Midianites and overheard two of the men talking, and the man, one man described his dream to a second man. The interpretation was that Gideon, the sword of Gideon, would prevail. Isn't that something, to hear the enemy speaking, prophesying, so to speak, of their own demise? said, 
Gideon returned and worshipped God in verse 15. Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshipped and returned into the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. Gideon starts saying what the Lord's been saying all along. <clears throat> the Lord wants us to arrive at a place in our lives where we, where we say his word, where we are able to declare his word, which is preach, salvation, declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. Proclaim deliverance. 2 Corinthians 1, 9 through 10. I'd like to read a couple verses. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 9 and 10 says this, But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Do you notice the past, the present, the future of deliverance as it's presented to us in the Bible? The theme of deliverance runs through the entire Bible from start to finish. And we alluded to that in our Sunday school. That of redemption, I think was the word. Salvation. Tower Bible. The reason is because the Bible starts with the fall of man. So we don't know much about what the Bible would have been in perfection. But it starts with sin and the need for redemption. So the title of my message this morning is The Way of Escape. The way of escape. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It says this, there, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to to bear it. The promise of this verse is the concept that God will not allow, will not suffer us to be tempted above, beyond what we are able. But that truth, I believe, extends to more than just temptation. I think it extends to any difficulty that would come against us, any Anything we come against in our spiritual experience that is greater than we are. There is no weapon fashioned against you that shall prosper. Isn't that the words of scripture? But our job, we do have a job, is to stand in prayer, stand in faith against the wiles of the devil against the evil that would befall us. And we do that by claiming scripture, claiming promises that are already there 
There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Do we believe that? Can we say there shall no evil befall me? Make it personal. There shall no plague come nigh my dwelling. A thousand shall fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. There's a place to begin making it personal and not just saying, well, that sounds like a nice thing to say and I hope it comes true. But our confidence needs to be in the reality of those things. <clears throat> There's a participation we play toward finding our escape. The concept of escape is very needful in this world because just the, wor the world we live in, the shape it's in. <clears throat> Luke chapter 11, verse 1 through 4. The disciples in this um, setting came to the Lord and said, teach us to pray. They wanted to know how to pray. They heard him praying, and they said, well, that sounds good. I'd, I'd kind of like some of that myself. And Jesus said, when, when ye pray, all these things, our Father which is art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in earth, so as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. I think that the theme of God providing a way of escape, delivering us from evil, it's very two similar things. It's pretty much all the same idea. <clears throat> and this happens continually, I believe, in the life of a Christian, the providence of God, that we are delivered from untold circumstances. And we look back and say, well, the Lord's blessing and hand of protection was was really with me during that time. And we thank him for that. But we still have a part to play in desiring of God to bring about his shield of favor in our life in the things that would befall us, in the possibilities of Satan and the works of darkness coming against us, and even our own selves. Sometimes we're, own, we're our own worst enemy. And we need the clarity of God upon our lives to, to discern how to live, move, and have our being. In the spirit of Psalm 55.8, it says here, I would hasten my escape from the stormy wind and tempest. That's pretty much life. You ever think about how much of life is arranged and, and geared toward keeping bad things from happening? I could go into a lot of detail of, of how we structure things so, so that bad things do not happen. And when, when one little element of that 
collapses, it's, it's contend to snowball. And after a while, we were, were like worn out with just trying to keep the structure of our life in place. <clears throat> when, when Adam and Eve sinned and were driven from the Garden of Eden, I had to think of, of uh, that seemed like their punishment. It seemed like a, a harsh thing for God to make them leave. But we know that the reason behind that was that God said the man has become like one of us unless he reach out his hand and take hold of the, the tree of life and live. Well, that sounds like maybe a good remedy, right? Um, what, what was God alluding to there that, that the man would take of the tree of life? But, you know, there's worse things than dying. And I guess the, the idea is that Adam would have lived forever in his sin. And to prevent that from happening, God said, I have a better plan. We're going to keep him from doing that. And we're going to redeem him totally. And so it was an act of mercy of God that Adam had to leave that setting. And I, I've often wondered, how long did that angel stand and guard that tree of life? until maybe the tree died a natural death since death had entered the world. I'm not sure about that. But God provided an escape for Adam out of that scenario. In Genesis chapter 19, there's the story of God's destruction against Sodom and Gomorrah. And what I'd like to bring out in this account is the urgency, the urgency of, of Lot's escape from Sodom. It says, and when the morning arose, this is Genesis 19, verse 15, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two children, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men lay hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. God provide, providing somewhat of an unwilling escape from that situation. But we see it was the mercy of God upon Lot, a man that the Bible describes as a righteous man. But I had to think he wasn't in the, he wasn't in the lineage of like Abraham. It wasn't like that he was indispensable at that point, but God did provide on account of Lot and his faith. In 2 Peter, chapter 1, verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, 
that by these ye may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. As people of God, and that's why it's such a blessing to be together, we have already escaped to some extent, to a large extent, the corruption that is in the world, the destiny that we were bound for. But we dare not take too much for granted in that we have already attained because in the case of Lot's wife, remember what happened there. They, they had already escaped the city. In fact, those angels said, you know, please hasten on your way because we cannot carry this out until you leave. And so I believe they were already at a place of refuge in their escape where they were safe um, in one of those neighboring towns, I believe it was. In, in the book of Luke, Jesus mentions this a little more. Luke 21, verse, uh, let's see, 36. Uh, that's not it. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the instance where Jesus said, Remember Lot's wife um, and the setting of that. But in Luke 21, we have more words of Jesus where he says, Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. speaks of that day as coming upon you as a snare coming upon the face of the whole earth the whole earth we had a um, a dear brother in our church that he, he would pray this prayer in his public giving prayer to God that we would be counted worthy to escape and um, a dear brother in the Lord, he's gone on to his reward. And in a very real sense, God answered his prayer. He escaped the things of this world, <clears throat> the things that Jesus was talking about that would come at the end of the age. And uh, the instruction there is for us, us to do that and to pray and to have that confidence that we would be worthy in the sight of God to escape those things. But <clears throat> I don't think Jesus was praying that we should die. <laughs> but I believe it, it pertains to, to the uh, speaking to the times of those end times when God will deliver, bring about a deliverance, however you want to look at that, to his church, the, the bride, the body of Christ, from the things that Jesus said will come to pass on the face of the earth. Consider with me Revelation chapter 3, 
verse 10. Jesus says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. I will keep them from the hour of temptation. I think this could also mean the hour of difficulty. The things that are worldwide, worldwide difficulty it's, it speaks of. And to me, it, it, it's very strong that it would, could allude to the catching away of the saints, the being caught in the air to meet the Lord in the air. We believe that could happen at any moment, right? That God would receive us to himself in that way. And the Bible speaks of this as being caught up in the air. And my advice or counsel would be, if we find ourselves in that situation, don't look back. Don't look back. Remember Lot's wife. Luke chapter 17. This, I believe, is the, the reference I had in mind. Verse 31. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away, and he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. So <clears throat> the challenge and the teaching that comes through to me in the word of God is that the things of this life, let's hold them loosely, very loosely. Let us be ready at, our, at a moment's notice to release this world to the things that, in exchange for the, the heavenly things. And when that is our mindset, it, it's like that song that said, the things of this earth will grow strangely dim when, when we are waiting and watching and ready for the Lord's return. God speaks of a time where he's going to shake the earth. But not the earth only. He said, I'm going to shake heaven too. And all these things will be shaken. Uh, and the purpose is that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. The things that could not be shaken will remain. And that speaks to anyone who is in Christ, who has the eternal um, the blood of the covenant upon their, their lives. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, we have these words. Verse 20 and 21. Come, my people. Enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee, hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood, and shall no more cover her, her slain. The Lord continually offers his people 
a way of escape. Not just to escape and find ourselves in a nominal situation, but looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior. And may it be that God does not have to, to coax us in that direction, but that we willingly pursue those things in our lives. So God bless you. It's a blessing to be here today. And that's the message I would have for you today. We'll ask our song leader to lead us in a song.